shopping for me isn't something that we usually give much attention to. If we're honest, usually we put it on our shopping list, it ends up in our cart, and before we know it, it is being served on our tables. Over the last few years, there are new words that have been showing up on our packages, and they are things like grass-fed, grain-finished, pasture-raised, and a whole lot about antibiotics, but what do they even mean? If you've been around making room for a while, you may know that It has become increasingly important to me to learn about what I am serving on my table and what I am putting in my family's body. So this made me get curious about what actually happens behind the package, and I realized that I had so much to learn. Colby and I were talking and we both listened to a series of podcasts and both have heard about this incredible company called Good Ranchers that was connecting the American family back to the American farm. But as we dug in deeper, we realized that there was actually so much more to know, like the truth behind some of these very important key marketing words and the way that we are misled as consumers. Things like why are E. coli and salmonella so common in the news and in the meat that we find at our grocery stores and what we can do about it. Good Ranchers is really changing the scripts when it comes to meat with the way that they approach everything with quality, integrity, and transparency. You are going to be hearing a lot about them through this episode in the very best way. And here are two things that I want you to know before we jump into the conversation. One, I want you to listen all the way till the end, even if it takes you a few days, because every portion of this conversation has such valuable nuggets that I really, really want you to know and make sure that you don't miss. The second one is Ben and Corley at the end of this episode, the guests today and the founders of Good Ranchers, have given us the highest coupon code that they have ever offered ever, not just on our show, but ever, ever. So no matter where you hear about them or where you find them, this would be your best code. And it's going to give you $40 off your first box of meat delivered right to your house and free shipping. This is available just for two weeks from today, the launch of the episode, only two weeks. And you are going to use the code gather 40. You're going to use the numbers. You're not going to write it out. So gather 40, no spaces for the next two weeks. If you are listening after that point, we would love to still give you the gift of a discount and a coupon at Good Ranchers, and you would use the code that is in the ad later in the episode, which is just the word gather to get $30 off and free shipping. Now, here is a little bit more about our guests today, Ben and Coralie Spell. Ben and Corley Spell are founders of Good Ranchers. Once they were married in 2015, they had their first child in 2017. They immediately began being very selective about the quality of foods they ate as a family. After doing some digging and research into the meat industry itself, it was evident that there were many questionable practices taking place. It was there out of genuine need and belief that it could be done better, that the idea for Good Ranchers was born. From there, Ben traveled to connect with local farms and ranches across the U.S. and began selling the meat himself at local farmers markets and pop-up shops wherever he could. They wanted to connect American farms to American families. Through years of hard work and many American steaks sold, Ben and Corley have grown the idea into a company that supplies meat all around the U.S., supports many American farms and ranches, and has donated over a million meals to end hunger in America. They now have four children and continue this mission by bringing people to the table every day with good ranchers. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. 
Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. Have you ever questioned the source of your meat? Because I know I have, especially the last few years as I have become increasingly intentional about what I serve on my table. That is why I am thrilled to share with you about Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the only online meat delivery company that guarantees you 100% American meat and seafood. They exist to connect the American family to the American farm so that every person could know and trust where their meat comes from. In every box that is delivered straight to your door, you can expect steakhouse quality, locally sourced, sustainably raised meat that is absolutely delicious. You could see the quality in every single piece. My absolute favorite part is that each piece of meat arrives individually wrapped so that you could prepare for your recipes with little to no food waste. I have loved the Rancher's Classic box, which is a mix of steaks and chicken, and the Better Than Organic Chicken box, which has delicious flavors of marinated chicken that I have been throwing in all of my recipes. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com slash gather for $30 off your first box plus free shipping. Alternatively, you can use the code gather at checkout for the same thing. You need to run, not walk for this coupon because we know that it is going to change the way that you and your family enjoy meals at the table. We'll come running back for more. I know that a huge part of your mission at Good Ranchers is connecting the American family to the American farm. When, when do you remember first recognizing the importance of this? I think through having children and yeah, probably goes with more questions you have for us, but just that point in our life, whenever we started having children, we were like, what are we going to put into their bodies? What are we going to feed them? And that's whenever we started asking those questions and really digging into it and researching that for ourselves. And that just kind of organically led to being connected to the American farmer. And you guys yeah. are in Texas, right? Yeah. So you're yeah, surrounded by like real, real farms. <laughs> I'm in Connecticut. We don't have real farms. Here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Right across the street from our office. I'm looking out the window right now. There's, there's cows and like, and they're, they're actually not our cows, but <laughs> the, the, the mall right down the street from us. And again, we're in Houston, Texas, which is mm-hmm. the third largest city, third, fourth largest city in the, in the U S and the mall two miles away has cows across. There's a field right across from the mall with just, just with, cows, with cows. So raisin. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> we know a thing or two about cattle around here. Yeah. <laughs> that That's so funny. So I'm in Connecticut, obviously. And I went to school in Pennsylvania. And I remember the first thing I called back to home about was that the Walmart was surrounded by cornfields. <laughs> it was <laughs> such a shock. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's yes, so funny. But, uh, so I, I realized the importance of this, so uh, which this kind of gets into how we started Good Ranchers. But um, <clears throat> I I worked for a meat company doing outside sales um, for a, a very short time, and <clears throat> but through working for that company, I I knew nothing about meat um, before I started doing sales for them, and <clears throat> they said, "Oh yeah, we'll teach you everything. We'll just tell you everything." And so I just took everything that they told me as face value at face value right and then um but um i i learned very quickly just by kind of connecting the dots and uh, uh you know in a matter of about six weeks or so that and this is n- not 
they're not being transparent. What they're telling me to tell people can't be true because it, then they're, you know, I, we hear one thing this week and we hear another thing the next week. And then, um, <laughs> and so that, that's what made the first kind of light bulb or the question mark go in my head of like, man, seems like the meat industry is very corrupt shady uh not transparent like you and people don't know because like as you know i was selling meat to people um working for this company and um and and i I just realized wow the consumer has one they don't know really know anything about meat and they'll just believe whatever you tell them um so um i stopped working like out of like moral obligation (laughs) i i once i you know really put it together and going yeah, this isn't like what I'm telling people, what they're telling me to tell people isn't true. It, and, and you can't, you know, the, the claims that they're make that I'm saying, um, you can't back it up. So I quit working there. Um, and coming from there, I had the thought of what if we started a meat company and I have never wanted to be an entrepreneur, never wanted to start my own business, but I couldn't get the, the, um, the idea out of my head of well, what if we, did that same kind of model, but actually told the truth about what we're selling and sourced quality. And, um, and so, you know, it was just an idea and we kind of tossed it around for probably a few months. And then, um, one morning I was getting ready. And, um, uh, so a little bit of background about me, I was actually a praise and worship pastor for my entire life. Uh, wow. I was, yeah, I was uh, from 18 to 32, 33. It's a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like um, I've I've been in ministry. My grandfather was a pastor. My uncles, cousins, like come from a strong like ministry lineage, if you want to say. Um, and and so uh, my plan was to be in ministry. Really, that's like that's what I was. It's just all I've ever known and all I've done, and I loved it. And I um, I was definitely called to it. Um, but um, so I took. Um, a sabbatical for a, a little bit. And that's when I worked for this meat company. I thought I could travel, I could do some different things. And, um, and, and again, that's, so that's part of why the moral obligation, like when I realized, Oh, this is just lying. This is not, this is, this isn't, I, I, I'm not going to do this to people. Um, so I came back, came back to, to, to Houston um, and started working for another church. Um, uh, or I, I worked for a, a handful of churches. I was like just doing, I would be like a guest worship pastor on, on Sundays. And I was doing that for um, quite a while. And that's where the the itch, the the idea of the meat company just kept coming back of, but doing it with transparency, doing it with um, um, integrity. Yeah. Um, and uh, one morning I, I came to Corley and I just said, Hey, I really believe, I really feel like God just told me that we're starting a meat company. And she said, Okay. I thought she was going to like, give me some pushback. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't know anything about this. Like we just had our first baby. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we just had our first Mm -hmm. uh, little boy. And, um, but she just said, okay, that's like, if that's what you, if if you heard God, then that's what we're going to do. And yeah. uh, so we started praying and, um, thinking and talking about what, what could we do this? What should we do this? And what should we do this? And again, um, we really didn't know much about the industry at all, but, but I did know, I, I know that I, that I heard God's voice and, yeah. and, um, and I don't say that cavalierly, like there's, there's only been a few times in my life where it's been like, 
crystal clear. This is what you're like, this is God speaking to you. And that was one yeah. of those moments. Wow. And, um, and so, yeah, because truthfully we started connecting the American family to the American farm. We didn't really understand the importance of that until we had, until after we started about a year and a half yeah. after we started Good Ranchers. Yeah. Oh, wow. After we started, because when we started sourcing and, and that's when we started realizing, wait a second, everybody that you buy meat from is sourcing from overseas. Like everybody, or they're sourcing from Mexico. They're sourcing from South America. Like, like when we started wow. really asking questions about sourcing and, and actually started buying it from the source is when we started realizing. So I was going to say though, it's kind of interesting. I, I only know a few people kind of like in the farm world, I guess, just being from the side of the country. And usually they have like families, you know, it's like generational, like passed down to them, but that's not part of your story at all. You are first generation. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have your own farm? Like personally? No, no, no. We, we we hope to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's part of the plan eventually. Um, I think we had, we had children before we had (laughs) cattle. (laughs) We've got four children, so we've got our own herd there, but yeah. Yeah. Wait until they're working age, right? 15, 16. (laughs) I need everyone to hear this. We have four children and our oldest is four. Yes. And there's no twins. Yeah. So look at you. Yes. We did something. So, and you guys are bright and fresh. You don't look <laughs> you look like you're winning today. <laughs> yeah, the six month old she finally started like pretty much sleeping through the night the past few nights. So we're feeling a little more put together. There you go. Yeah, that makes, makes a big difference. During your childhood, um, I'll ask you this. Do you remember your families being aware of food quality? Or would you say it was kind of like typical American shopping and diet? Typical American. Typical on both sides. Yeah. yeah. My my house was very processed food. Mm-hmm. Little Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> Pop tarts. <laughs> uh, Whatever was on sale. Box mac and know. cheese. Like mm-hmm. it, for me, um, it, it really I didn't really start getting aware of it until I after I married Porley. Because she's about as crunchy as you can get. I am pretty crunchy. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, but and so that came from me, you know, becoming a mother, and then also my sister. I have an older sister, and she has four children who are all, you know, seven and to sixteen. So she's been on this journey before me, and she's kind of paved the way for me to really start looking into all the things, you know, whether it's food, vaccines, whatever, just questioning everything that we're putting into our body. So um, that's, she was kind of my, my North, North star, if you will, on this journey. For me, that's when we moved to Thailand. So we lived and served there for about four years. And for some reason that was just like the narrative of the expat community there. And so I learned so much, but it's funny to hear you call it crunchy because that's what I call it. But our friends in Connecticut call it granola. Like oh, you're granola. so granola. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yes, I've heard. <laughs> I don't like that as much. <laughs> I know. Um, I want to, you know, we're talking a lot about like the importance of meat quality and what you felt maybe the companies weren't being transparent about. And I think it makes me realize even personally um, how little I know. Like I know just kind of, I mean, I don't, it's like sad to admit it, but that grass fed is better. Maybe, maybe you're going to tell me that's not true, right. but, that's, but that's, I mean, that's the extent yeah. Wait, go ahead, Corley. What were you going to say? That's what you see at the grocery store, yeah. right? You see yeah. all the claims that they're pushing to you and you're like, oh, this must be better. It's more expensive. It has the nice green leaf or whatever. Yeah. And then 
just take that, right? Ben, your face was priceless. I wish everyone could have seen that yeah. <laughs> when I said that. It's the biggest, about a hot topic it, button. It is, man. It's the biggest, <laughs> it's the biggest marketing thing since um, four out of five dentists recommend this yes. this brand. Yeah. Um, what, they, what they don't tell you with, with that with that toothpaste ad is they also they also ask those same dentists to name their top five toothpastes. So as long as they're in as that, long as that toothpaste was mentioned in that out of those five, then I mean how many toothpastes can you and especially in 1980, how many toothpastes were there actually out there? So so four out of five dentists recommend recommend this toothpaste, but the marketing side behind it is they ask them to name their top five. And as long as they said that brand in that list of top five, they can make the claim four out of five. Oh my gosh. Marketing claims are, are just that. And the, this, this whole grass fed thing, cattle is grass fed cattle. They eat grass. Also like things that are very important. Um, antibiotic usage, mm-hmm. um, the quality of life, how they're raised. If, um, you know, if they having enough, you know, actually being uh, on on a pasture, on a ranch, like to mm-hmm. to graze, those things are, are very important. Um, and um, let me stop you really quick. Important for the sake of health as we're consuming or taste both. Both taste, both okay. health, um, and and you know we should we should treat animals right. We should, yeah. um, you, know, you know, all of that. Like um, so, so those things are very important, but. Man, like by USDA definition, um, all cattle is grass fed because it, the the USDA definition of grass fed is that it ate grass most of its life. Well, that's all cattle um, in the U.S. I should say. I can't like that's that's all cattle in the U.S. Like we we are kind of getting ahead ahead of this, but like we think of we we think of like the the beef industry like and. I don't know who started this war, but somebody did and uh, of painting this just negative picture of the beef industry. And you know, probably PETA had something to do with it, I would, I would assume. Um, and, you know, and vegans and um, people, you know, they they love painting this just really dark, like like this factory that a cow walks into and um, and then out the other side comes a T-bone and a couple of hamburgers and um, it's just not the way that the American agriculture system works. Um, there, there's about 700,000 um, independent ranches um, in the U.S. Um, and the average head of cattle, the average herd size is less than 50. It's like 43 is the average um, cattle that, that these 700,000 ranches have in the U.S. And that those... 700,000 independent ranches um, um, make up 20% of the world's beef production. Wow. Of the world's beef production. Wow. Think yeah. And, but the average has about 43 head of cattle. These are family, what's what you said earlier. These are, these are family farms. These are independent mm-hmm. family farms that, um, that have been around for generations and generations. And they're, they're raising cattle. They're raising you know, they're raising livestock. They're also raising pigs and chickens and sheep and, Mm -hmm. and and other things. Um, and that's the picture of American agriculture, but we have this, 
again, it's, it's PETA's went to war on meat years ago. And we have this idea that it's this factory farmed, um, mm-hmm. not, not saying that there's not some of that, but it's not, it's by and large, not the majority. Wow. Uh, there, there's a, there are again, 700,000 independent, uh, farms and, and, uh, ranches in the U S. Um, and these are families that, that need our support. They need our help. Mm-hmm. They have to sell, they have to sell their cattle because they have to feed their family. Like that's just plain and simple. And, yeah. uh, and they're, you know, they're raising their animals the right way. They're caring for them. They're loving them. Um, and they're feeding them. They're, um, they, they do a regenerative, uh, regenerative, regeneratively, regeneratively. <laughs> well, the term is regenerative, regenerative agriculture. Yeah. So uh, they do it regeneratively, um, and uh, and they do that because one, because they have to. Um, uh, cattle are amazing for the planet, and there's not enough time. Honestly, cattle are amazing for the planet. They they part two. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. There's I'll so, take it. <laughs> there's, just, there's just so much that people don't know. Like and we like we're being shoved this information of of cattle are polluting the earth. Cattle are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, eating wow. meat is bad for you. And, um, and none of it is true. It's, it, uh, you know, anything in excess is bad, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, um, but everything in balance is healthy and whole. Like, and that's yeah. like, that's the, that's just the way things, um, by design. Yeah. Life works. Well, I want to, I want to stop just really quick. So you talked about amazing things with meat quality, right? So obviously I'm wanting to push people your way because you guys are transparent and have this high quality, but just say people are going to the grocery store because we know they will. What are some, I mean, (laughs) unless you're like, don't go to the grocery store and that's your advice. What would you say um, people should look for as they're shopping at big box stores? Um, If it's not grass fed, what are you looking for? Okay, so, so let me finish that part about the grass about about yeah. grass fed. The um, the the big the things you want to look for on like honestly, um, no antibiotics is a big one. Like mm-hmm. no anti- no uh, no antibiotics ever. Um, no added hormones. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the those are the things that 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 I would look for, and that's extremely important with chicken and pork. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still still it's still important with beef. It's way more important with chicken um, because the life cycle of chickens um, is from hatch to uh, harvest um, is about six weeks, uh, depending on the breed. Uh, wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, and that's in that's in the grocery that's in the grocery store, um, wow. and and which that's like commodity chicken, mm-hmm. that, and that's what you're going to get in the grocery store, um, and. Uh, so there's no there's there's no reason that they should have to have antibiotics with such a short life cycle if you raise them if you're if they're in clean environments and and there and and that's really becoming more more of a norm um with chickens um so it's extremely important to look for no antibiotics ever uh which there is a difference between antibiotic free and no antibiotics ever um because antibiotic free just means that they they were tested um, they, them to make sure that there was no antibiotics in their system before they were, before they were yeah. harvested. So they, uh, antibiotic free just means that they tested them before they were harvested to make sure there was no antibiotics in their system. No antibiotics ever 
means that they were never given antibiotics ever in their in their lifetime. And so, and again, very important with chicken. That's our that is our claim. Um, and it's also uh, very important with ground beef because the thing about ground beef is it comes from um, all different sources. Yeah, and, and it, um, generally, it never comes even from the same cow. It comes from all you know, just a, a conglomerate. Of, uh, really, it, your ground beef in the grocery store is coming from all of the trimmings, from all of the everything that's, that's been going everywhere and that gets all put to the side and then just sold um, in masses to the grocery stores. So ground beef is my, is my biggest thing that I'm, I'm extremely picky on. And the claims are crazy in the grocery store. Um, never buy anything if it has the word patty in it. So if it says ground beef patty, stay wow. away. We do. We have a really great blog on this. Yeah, Katie, we, if you want to link it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, you. Yeah, we have yeah. A, yeah we have a blog on a website um, about ground beef um, claims uh, claims yeah so um, and depending on the words and uh, you know, the words uh, actually um, play to the ingredients that can be in it so if it says patty um, it can have it will have beef heart beef liver um, like all the things that <laughs> yeah um, some people are into yeah some people are into that but. Yeah, just it's like the hot dog of ground beef. No, is that a bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my, my, I will say, stay away if it says if it says beef patty, beware. Um, there's there's always going to be ingredients though. You can always look, um, and um, if you're if you're going for taste, you want to make hamburgers, and you're not trying to eat organ meat. Um, if you see beef heart in the mix, um, you're not going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> you should get our American Wagyu burgers. I was going to plug for that. Yeah. <laughs> Those are really good. Yes, they are. Um, I want to um, quickly steer this to the news reports that we see about E. coli and salmonella. Um, yeah. Why Why is this happening? Why is this so widespread? If it really is as big of a problem as they say it is. It is. And um, I can't speak to all of them, but I can tell you the last three um, in fact, we've we've po- we've done some posts about this as well. Um, the last three national outbreaks that have made news um, made the news in the U.S. have all been from imported beef, and that's what they don't tell you either. But um, I looked up the source of all of them, and they they've all been imported. It's it's imported beef. It's not coming from um, from American farms. It's not coming from American um, soil, and. And that's part of that's the biggest reason we push um, uh, one. We want to help rent. We want to help these 700,000 ranches. We want to help the, the, the independent farmer, independent rancher. Um, and um, they're doing it right. They're the the laws that we have in the U.S., like the USDA laws that uh, American farms have to um, uh, adhere to. Um, they're, they're strict. They're very, mm-hmm. very strict. And they actually monitor every step of the process. Um, but the, it's not that way in, wow. in South America, in Mexico, in um, Australia, like the mm-hmm. uh, other parts of the world. Um, not to say that they don't have things to do, but mm-hmm. it, I think it definitely is worth noting that these outbreaks that, that are happening are coming from imported beef, not coming from American meat. 
Wow. So all of our years in Thailand, I don't know if you've been to Asia, but there's like street carts and it's super hot and the meat is sitting out. And so everyone was like, oh man, you must've gotten sick so much. And the only time I ever got sick was when I bought imported beef at the international grocery store. (laughs) And we had friends visiting from America and we were like, we like almost had to be hospitalized. We were like so sick. And so we never, we never got checked out, but we were like out. (laughs) Yeah. So I believe it. And I think there's something to be said about meat that has to travel overseas to get to its destination, you know, like any how, like how many more days. Yeah. Well, and fun fact about imported beef, um, um, you'll never get imported beef with a bone in it. So you couldn't get, you can't get a T-bone imported. Interesting. You can't get a bone in ribeye. Uh Um, you can't, it's, it's against the law to import, uh, bones. I, I don't know why, I guess I should, but I don't know why I haven't <laughs> looked it up. Um, but that's why, you know, there's like competitors of, of ours, uh, um, that, that are selling meat and that's all imported from overseas. Um, everything's boneless. You can't get a T-bone, wow. you can't get a bone in ribeye because, um, yeah, that, so that's a tell, uh, that's a tell right there. Yeah. Uh, Pro, pro tip. If pro it's- tip. <laughs> There's no bone. We oh, already- I love it. So something I just want to dive into a little bit more um, is just about the American farmer. So in our culture, I feel like we've become so disconnected from the source, um, but it's important to know about this, right? It's supporting our farmers. And we saw this done so well in Thailand. It's actually in Thailand, if you're eating a meal from a local market, like with the vegetables and rice, you can't leave any of the food uneaten to respect the farmer. You have to eat the whole plate just in respect of all the work that went into it. And there's pros and cons to that, right? <laughs> But the overall cultural respect I admired. Um, And so talk to us about how a purchase from good ranchers turns into supporting the American farmer or really whatever direction you want to take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great, um, well, it, I kind of touched on this earlier, um, but it's the fact that we only source from American um, farms. We only source uh, beef that was raised uh, in the U.S. and um, give, give me one second. I want to look up a. I want to look up a. No, you're good. Yeah, I was going to say it, and then I don't want to say it wrong. Um, it's because it's such a staggering number. Um, yeah, no. So many of our listeners are from like hotspot cities, and we're like extra disconnected. So I wanted to really focus on this. To yeah, it felt like it would you know help. The United States has imported. 1.84 billion pounds of beef. 1.84 billion pounds of beef has been imported so far this year in 2022. Like, let that sink in for just a second. That's and that's up 18.1 percent from 2021. Wait, how much is up 18 point something? It's up 18 percent just over last year. Wow. So and and. Here's why the American farmer, the American ranchers are hurting. Um, in 2015, up until 2015, there was a country of origin labeling law. It's called the Cool Law, C-O-O-L. We also have a really great blog on this. Um, up until 2015, um, you have to have a country of origin labeling law on beef. Um, <clears throat> you still there's still a label law on on everything else. Every vegetable. People, you may not know this or not, but go go to the produce aisle um, and mm-hmm. everything's going to say um, 
from where Chile, it's... from yeah. Yep. Yep. Argentina, mm -hmm. Mexico, um, the U.S. Like they're uh, everything has to be labeled with a country of origin uh, label. In 2015, um, the U.S. just removed that law for beef and for pork um, under the, you know, they were lobbied by, by these large meat companies to take it away because um, you know, the, these other countries were seeing green and not, not grass money. Um, and the U S decided to take away the country of origin labeling law for beef in 2015. And that opened the floodgates for people to import beef with no bones <laughs> to but to import beef, uh, and as long as it's cut, as long as it's packaged in in an American in a USDA facility, they can put USDA they put USDA inspected. It can't be graded by the USDA, so um, you're never going to get you're never going to get prime. You're never going to get upper choice, which is by the way the the only the the only two um, grades that we carry. So one, we're selling actually graded meat, not just inspected meat. Um, but they can import this beef. They can put a USDA inspected stamp on it, but they can put an American flag, um, and say product of USA because it was processed in an, in, um, in the U S and there's and, no way for the consumer to know that, right. Or like to, to know the truth. No, no, no that, that, yeah, it, um, you'll you'll see it you, you'll see it all the time and this and like high-end grocery stores do this like whole foods does this mm -hmm. uh, wegman's does this like um every grocery store does it they'll they, they'll put american flag and product of the usa um oh. on it and um that has opened the floodgates for imported beef again 1.84 billion pounds so far this year in 2022 and we're just barely halfway through a little over halfway through um and this is this is a staggering thing, and if if people don't hear anything else, hear this: why you should buy, um, why you, why you should buy from good ranchers, um, or make sure you're sourcing from domestic um, sources when you're when you're purchasing your meat. Since 2015, 20,000 um, independent farms and ranches have gone out of business every year, every single year since that since that since the cool law was removed um, a little over 20,000 independent farms, ranches. And these are ranches, farms, family farms and ranches that have been around for generations and generations. And they're having to close their, they're having to close their doors and find something else to do because they can't keep, we can't keep up um, with the, this massive amount of meat that's being imported and it's sold so cheap. Um, it's sold so cheap. You can, the, the, the stuff that's selling at Whole Foods that's, you know, that makes this grass fed, grass finished um, and with all these claims and they're selling it for an ungodly amount. Um, we could buy that as a as a, um, as you know, as a meat company. We've been approached all the time. We get approached regularly. We could buy that meat cheaper than we could buy USDA select, which is the lowest grade of American beef. Um, it, it's crazy. Wow. I'm trying it's to like crazy. wrap my mind around all of it, but yeah. So you and, could buy uh, the imported meat for yeah, cheaper. Got it. Cheaper than we could yeah. buy mm -hmm. the lowest grade of meat 
uh, on the US on the USDA and standards we could of grading. Sell meat. it for more, and we could sell it. They're doing, yeah, and, which is what they're doing because uh, of all the- that's right. right. So they make these marketing claims of they make these marketing claims of it's better for you. Um, there's a really great book called Sacred Cow um, hmm. um, that 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 she, and she is very the the author of the book um, is very much for um, grass finished beef. Um, and so goes, she goes into, um, she goes into really wanting to debunk the, or prove how much better grass finished beef is than if you, um, were to supplement, uh, and feed cattle, um, grains. Mm-hmm. So in, in the book, she, uh, does all these different studies with her team. And she says, I, I'm paraphrasing, but she basically says, I really, I hate admitting this, um, but there's no nutritional difference between grass, but between grass finished beef and yeah, there's no significant nutritional difference. Now, things that are important, antibiotic usage, hormone, hormone usage, Mm -hmm. those things, those things are important, how they're raised. So I'm not, I'm not saying, um, I'm not saying it's all the same, um, Mm -hmm. but um, but what they eat, um, definitely like cows actually love, <laughs> they, they love grains and they're part of a balanced diet. Like yeah. it, it's just, it's just that plain and simple. We yeah. eat balanced diet and yeah. cattle could get a balanced diet. We, we also have this picture of, you know, that they they have this big conveyor of just like kernels of corn and they're just shoving right. corn down the cow's mouth. <laughs> like, Again, that is Japanese wagyu. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it, that's 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 not the thing. That's yeah. These ranches, they're 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 grazing on grass, um, and but they're you know they but they do feed them. They supplement their feed with um, with some corn. Corn's just a part of it, but there's there's oats, there's wheat, there's there's lots of other grains, and they're eating the whole stalk by the way, of corn, they're not, they're, you know, they're not sitting there eating a ear of corn <laughs> like we would eat. Like, you know, I mean, they, at the end of the day, they are all cows. Right. But, yeah. um, uh, and that's another thing that makes, um, us beef better because the, ma- the majority of these ranches, they are raising Angus, um, which is a more expensive breed. Um, and they're raising them, right. They're raising them. They're feeding them quality feed. They're, they're, um, they're um, rotating the fields that they're on, um, and the, the they're keeping them low stress levels. Keeping them so oh, wow, extremely low stress yeah. levels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, I'm I'm <laughs> thinking. You know how you can go to like coffee tastings and ice cream. T- <laughs> I yeah. need like <laughs> yeah. I need yeah. a yeah. proper a tasting. Flight, a yeah, I need a of, flight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it, it's true. Some steakhouses do that. Mm-hmm. Um, do they uh, really? Yeah, so I came. I, I was raised by a single mom, all girls. We didn't eat a lot of meat just because my mom doesn't really care for meat. And so I'm yeah. just starting to experiment and explore now. Um, but I just have so much to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And so, so do we. I mean, we know a lot, but like there's just so much to learn. You yeah. Know, we're not done learning. Um, so we did skip over like starting Good Ranchers. Oh, uh, so sorry. Yeah. No, okay. Because oh. again, but we there's so much to talk about. We'll talk about the early days of Good Ranchers, the road to launch. Um, so we started selling meat out of like, 
out of the back of a truck. And yeah, a like farmers and a, and a market lot. style. Love it. Mobile farmers market because we were all over the country. We were doing, you know, all the big cities. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so um, which I will, I will say this: don't buy meat out of a parking lot, um, out of the back of a truck. Even though we started <laughs> that way, well, uh, honestly, because um, there's there's so many back in twenty twenty eighteen when we when we when we started doing it. Um, there, there were a few, um, and again, and that's one of the companies that I worked for doing it when I realized, man, this is really shady, but I, and I, but I thought, what if you, but what if we actually bought quality and, and weren't fly by night and, and, uh, and all of those, you know, all of the, those things that we talked about earlier. Um, and what if we brought that to that same model? Um, and, and so that's what, that's what we did, but, since then and especially since covid it's there's so many people doing it and the quality is the quality is i mean i hate to say this but it's garbage like there's there's nobody selling anything good um Mm -hmm. in parking lots or going door to door those things like they're and they're very 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 misleading they're actually they're so got the idea really felt like really felt the Lord telling us this is what you're going to do. Um, we, I, I got a truck with some meat and went to Waco, Texas and set up a tent and I was under there and trying to learn how to do Facebook ads to get people to come see us oh my uh, on my phone. And, uh, she was at home with our, with, um, our, our first born. Um, he was about one at the time and we saw some really good success in Waco um, um, with just the, 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 the one tent. Um, I have, I have, uh, a, cu- a couple of younger brothers. I called them up, told them to come over and, uh, I, I, I taught them how to man the tent. I came back to Houston and I thought, um, okay, like we could, we could do this. We, uh, once we, once we're, we're done Waco, we'll, we'll go somewhere else and kind of do, you know, smaller cities and the, because it's, you can advertise, um, it's a lot less expensive to advertise in small cities. So that was wow. kind of our thought. But when I came back to Houston, um, I felt the Lord nudging me again. Hey, open up in Houston. Well, that's a third largest um, uh, city in the U.S. So advertising yeah. dollars don't go very far at all in Houston. Um, you know, advertising on the radio, we advertise on major country uh, radio stations, the rock stations. Um, and, um, but I, I, you know, I, I felt that nudge of the Lord saying open up Houston. So, um, I drove, I drove over to the mall close to my house and went in and just asked and just asked to speak to somebody to see if we could get a, get a contract to open, you know, to set up a, 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 a mobile, a pop-up shop in the parking lot. And the guy who was working there, he said, oh, he said, I'm actually, he said, I'm actually the, uh, the leasing agent for all the malls in the Houston area, um, uh, of, of all of that, of that same property. And, uh, we have five locations around Houston. He said, why don't you put, put one at each location? Um, and I thought, well, yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. Um, and, but what we didn't take into account is how much money it would cost to get all of that open. <laughs> and oh started. my gosh. And 
to be able to buy enough meat and to be able to do to do to do all the things and and, and advertising advertising everything and um but again we we felt like yeah this is what we're supposed to do um so we we cashed out every bit of money in our bank accounts we maxed out every one of our credit cards um we borrowed some money from her mom Mm -hmm. which you typically don't want to borrow money from your (laughs) mother-in-law you'll always owe her money right (laughs) (laughs) to this day she says i haven't paid her back um (laughs) i don't know i thought i did anyway we you want to talk about all in the day before uh, we were opening um, all of those locations we were going to open on a on a um thursday on wednesday me and corley were driving around picking up uh permits from different city offices um mm-hmm. getting just things buttoned signage. up yeah, sign, yeah signage things printed um and we have uh you know we have our baby in the car with us he's one at the time and um i stop at a gas station to get us um to get us like some water and some like like gas <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thank, thankfully we had gas uh, i'm really thankful <laughs> we had gas because i went in to buy like a water and a snickers or bag of chips something because we hadn't even had time to eat and um every single like i had no cash and every single yeah. credit that we had wouldn't even work to buy it's the worst feeling huh yeah, yeah. yeah. okay and, it works. Wow. <laughs> and all i can think of is oh man my wife and baby are in the car out there and uh we're all in you know mm-hmm. um what year was that it's 2018 yeah 2018 so, um, but, um, and, and thank God. And we, and, you know, we, 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 we tell people this every, every time we get a chance, um, um, because the next day when we opened up, there were lines of people at every location. Oh my gosh. Uh, and, um, uh, and we sold every truck out in three days. We yeah. thought, and we thought we had enough meat to last us like a week or two. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Every single truck out in three days. And, uh, and that's what launched good ranchers. That's what, mm-hmm. uh, if it wouldn't have been for that, um, we probably wouldn't even be here today, but because Man. of the success we were able to have there, sure. um, it, it allowed us to, um, you know, it allowed us to actually make some money to reinvest, to, to actually be able to, to scale and grow. Um, wow. and then, um, and then when we actually started getting some buying power, uh, some purchasing power um, as we began to scale the the the, the truck model. Um, that's when we started realizing um, the sourcing issue, and wow. that that uh, uh, early on when we were buying out of the trucks, um, we weren't everything we were buying was imported. We didn't know. Wow! Um, wow! Wow! Yeah, we had no idea. Yeah. And then, but again, once we started getting some purchasing power, some buying power and started, you know, buying an amount that was significant enough for someone to actually talk to us. And right. Like <laughs> there are so many middlemen, there's so many middlemen. So many middlemen. Wow. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And that's the thing we were buying from a, of a middleman of a middleman middle early on. Who was telling us all these things. Yeah. Yeah. So humble of you guys to even share that, you know, yeah, all the learning I mean, around. Yeah. Totally. Um, but, along the way. but yeah, but then when when we started realizing that and and started doing research and and just learning that's when we started that's when we learned about the cool law that's when we we realized man this is all um 
about probably 80 to 90% of what we were selling um, at that time was all coming from Mexico. Yeah. And wow. again, we didn't, we didn't even know that until we, we, when we started trying to source other things, when we started trying to, when we would get feedback from customers, say, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And we're like, and we would start going to our suppliers and our vendors and start trying to figure it out. And then um, um, finally we, we figured like, finally we, they, they just came out. One, it was one, uh, we got kind of, we got to the top level to the person who could actually tell us. And he's like, Oh no, this all comes from Mexico. And we're like, well, that's why it tastes so bad. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but even through that, like it's so amazing to see, like it was all God's plan. Because even in yeah. the beginning, the very, very beginning, we're coming up with a company name. What are we going to name this company? Good Ranchers came, and to to us then that really didn't mean much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now, wow. it really has this incredible story behind it that we're able to tell and to prove and, you know, get to the customer. So. Wow. That's really sweet. I could see God's hand in that. And that's just starting Mm -hmm. to unfold. Well, what do you guys think about this? I know that that's only part of your story. I know that there's still like the other half of the growth where you are today that we have to talk about the Mm -hmm. inflation and food costs. And I want to know like what you guys like doing with all of your products, all of that stuff. What do you think about putting all that in a 2.0? We could do that in our second, second episode. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll finish off. We'll finish off with the three questions that we end every conversation with right now. Okay. Okay. Sound good. We could just flash through them. Um, Okay. So let's um, tell me something you've eaten recently and loved. This is going to sound like a a self promoting thing. (laughs) Go for it. I I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I, I, She'll, Corley will tell you, like, I came to the <laughs> office our, every Monday morning. We, we bring the whole team together and we, you know, we do our Monday huddle. And I talked about this in the Monday huddle because I was blown away by, like, our meat is good. It, our meat is great. And we eat, it's all we eat in our house. But I had a, a, a New York strip um, out of my our most recent shipment that it blew my mind. <laughs> It blew my mind. And I, I eat, I eat a lot of beef. I eat a lot of like, I've had a lot of steaks in my life, especially in the last five years. Um, and <laughs> it, this, and this was just, it was a Thursday night. Um, I, I had them thawing. I was going to cook them on the weekend. And then Corley was with the kids and we just whatever. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw some steaks on the grill. And, um, I, I'm not even on the grill. I just did it on the skillet on on the top of this on the top of the range, and um, and just open them up, just throw a little salt on them, throw them there, um, and just to cut them up and just eat with me and the kids. Just like it was oh. not a fancy dinner. It wasn't like it was. It was really like a snack. I know it sounds funny, but they. <laughs> I I I'm I'm probably going to talk about that steak experience for the rest for the of rest life. of my life for the rest of your life. <laughs> they. Like New York strip is not supposed to be as tender as these were. It was they, really, really, really they good. Just, and then our kids ate all of it. Yeah, they did. Oh. <laughs> That's uh. that goes. So anyway, so the thing I recently loved, it was one of our bone-in strips. And again, not trying to make a shameless plug, but yeah, it, it made a monumental moment in my life. <laughs> forever changed. So. Food should be that way. That's good. Yeah. Um, something you have found to be beautiful lately. It could be anything. You know, just so we have our our youngest is six months and she's our last. Um, we have two boys and then two girls at the end. 
And just seeing, and I don't know if it's because she's our last, but just seeing the way the older three, especially her older mm. brother, just love on her so much. I'm, I'm just like loving these moments. They're so sweet. Oh, that is That's really, really sweet. My favorite part of the day. Oh, wow. Um, last but not least, my favorite question, a gathering you've attended that made you feel a strong sense of belonging. And if you could pinpoint it, what it was that made you feel that way? Um, so we recently took a quick little family vacay, little road trip to San Antonio with some friends and they're some of our best friends. And they also have toddlers the same age as us. They have three as well. Um, so just being, so it was just crazy. And you know, our life, like with four babies, just demanding your attention all the time. Mm -hmm. And so just being on a vacation, which is not really a vacation, right? right. (laughs) It's a trip with your children. Yeah. (laughs) Being like in that moment with um, another family that we adore and love and they're in the same, they're in the trenches with us. Like it was, it it felt good to be connected in a way like you're not crazy by yourself. Like there's other people going through the same Mm -hmm. craziness that you are. (laughs) So we were unified in that and that felt good. <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to respect your time. I know we're going to carry over to a second episode soon, but where could people find you for now? Where do you want to send them? Goodranchers.com. Goodranchers.com. Yeah. And, and I was on saying, Instagram. On right. Instagram, sign up for our newsletters. We send out so, so many great uh, insightful emails with all of these things that are current and just kind so of good. giving yeah all the listeners updates on those things so they can be in the know mm-hmm. and do you have do you have a code for your listeners i know i was just pulling it up as we were talking um, um, um yep yeah i'll share that at the end 30 dollars off free shipping yeah free shipping sound right yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what? uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do this um f- for your listeners um i'm gonna have them change that code to 40 dollars off which we hey. never get generally 25 30 is like the top of mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I want to do that for your listeners to, to do $40 off. And, and I will, and we will put a time limit on that. Probably That's even, totally fine. Um, for two weeks. Two um, weeks. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, guys. I've loved this conversation. I'm excited to share it with everyone. Um, and listeners, we will see you next week. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Just a reminder, if you wanted to take advantage of that two-week $40 off, you are going to head to GoodRanchers.com and use the code GATHER40. You are going to write out the numbers 40, not spelling them out, but GATHER40 will get you $40 off and free shipping for one box over the next two weeks only. If you are listening to this after and still want to take advantage of a Good Ranchers coupon, you can use our ongoing code GATHER, G-A-T-H-E-R, anytime for $30 off and free shipping. If you love making room and want to make sure that others can find it too, it would mean so much to us if you headed over to our podcast profile, gave us five stars and wrote a written review. We will see you next week.